Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today I want to take some time talking about um, just one little chapter of a book that I've been reading, and uh, I'll detail more about the whole book and the purpose of the book later. But this one chapter is about the conscience, and it's so important to recognize what the conscience is uh, because what the conscience does for us is it kind of tells us what is right and what is wrong inside of ourselves. Our conscience is, is built in many ways by our family structure, maybe our cultural structure, uh, a few other things. But once we become a believer, it becomes amplified by the Holy Spirit and becomes formed by studying and practicing the Word of God in our life. And uh, what was important is this area, kind of called gray area decisions. And there's a great sermon on this topic by John MacArthur. I believe it's called uh, Gray Area Decisions Made Easy. Um, I'll try and remember to put a link in the description down below for that. Uh, you can grab a copy of that sermon and listen to it. Um, but uh, this was a chapter in a book on, um, uh, on the power of a clear conscience. And he did a really good job. It's by Erwin Lutzer. He did a really good job detailing in there the gray area decisions. Of course, a gray area decision is really defined as those things that the scripture does not specifically forbid, but could become in some ways a stumbling block to some believers. And one of the greatest examples in our modern day is alcohol consumption. I personally don't drink. I choose not to. I don't see anything good coming out of a bottle of liquor. Um, I see no point in it. However, I don't look at somebody who drinks and go, oh, he's just a hellion or a son of the devil because he happens to consume some alcohol. I mean, I have enough grace in my heart to suggest that, yeah, a person could modestly drink alcohol. Now, if they're, if they're standing around drunk, oh, oh, Jesus, man, uh, that's a problem. Uh, there's some issues there. And this is that area where moderately consuming a small amount of alcohol is a gray area decision. It's not specifically forbidden in Scripture, a small amount. Um, but it could lead to a lot of addictions. It could be lead to a lot of problems. It could lead to a lot of social challenges as well. And so those are all important things to, uh, to keep in mind. And uh, so the scripture is full of some gray area decisions. And this chapter was a great one talking about, you know, when do you worship? Um, I, know, I know a pastor that he's just, he rails against people who go to church on Saturday because Sunday's the day to worship the Lord. No. Paul even addresses that in Colossians. I forget the exact verse. Uh, but in Colossians, he, he, talks about, um, he talks about how, how as, as people, some people consider one day holy, another day a different day holy, and some day no specific day holy. And Paul says all of those are okay. You just have to do what's right in your own mind. We can't project those types of things on other people because some people legitimately, they worship God on Saturday. And that's exactly what the Jews did. They worshiped on Saturday. That was their Sabbath. We adopt, as, as Christians, we adopted Sunday as a day to worship because Sunday was the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Other people look at the entire concept and say, well, Jesus came to fulfill the law, and that includes fulfilling the Sabbath. And there is evidence from the New Testament that we're not commanded to say any day specifically. Now, I do advocate that a person should find, if not a church service, a regular body of believers to attend and do life with. I, I completely affirm to that. Okay, But with that being said, to sit there and say you have to worship on Sunday or else you have something wrong with you is not in alignment with scriptures. That's a gray area decision. 
there's some people that are strapped for money that their work will pay them time and a half if they work on Sunday. For them, going to a Saturday night church when you're off is fine and then work as many hours as you can on Sunday. That's okay. The key point is to make sure that your conscience is, is, uh, is satisfied. So another one that Paul addresses in this is uh, he actually addresses the concept of, uh, of eating meat because that was a big, big thing in, in Corinth at that time. So the concept of eating meat in Corinth, um, so basically they would sacrifice the animal to the pagan god and then they would take that meat because of course the pagan god didn't eat it. They take that meat and they set that up for sale in the marketplace. And as they sold that in the marketplace, some people who came out of hardcore paganism would look at this and say, this is meat sacrificed to an idol. This is of the devil. This is of the devil. That's bad. That's horrible. And so a weak believer who doesn't see the idol as just woods and stone and nothing, they're deeply affronted by that. Deeply affronted. But a more stronger believer that looks at it and says, it's just meat, whatever else, he's free to eat. It's not a sin one way or the other. But the younger believer, the weaker believer, whose conscience says, do not eat that meat because it's sacrificed to an idol, we're supposed to, even as the stronger believers, give up the things that we know are permissible for that. Uh, heavy metal music's one of them. There's a lot of people that come out of heavy metal music, and there, is a, there are a lot of sects and cultures around heavy metal music that are actually evil and satanic. There's a lot of them. But just because you listen to heavy metal music doesn't mean it's evil and satanic. I grew up listening to that kind of stuff, and we weren't evil Satanists running around drawing pen... Well, sometimes we were drawing pentagrams on our arms with razor blades, but you know, nevertheless, we weren't committed to Satanism. We weren't engaged in that culture. We just liked the loud, thrashy music. So for me as a believer, a strong believer, I know I can listen to some of that music. And it's not going to affect my sanctification. It's not a sin. But there are some people that cannot listen to stuff like that. So I'm best to not listen to it. And that's important because there was a church I used to attend where I went in there once for the youth group, right? When the, around the time I had gone for something else in the youth group's meeting around that time. And the, the youth pastor wanted to be hip and cool and trendy. So he's playing like this Christian death metal, which doesn't make any sense to me. So he's blaring this Christian death metal. And I'm just thinking... There are people that came out of this world that would not stand for this. It's best to not engage in that. Now, there is a little bit more grace we give in the other ways because we can't just go around bowing to the lowest conscience of our entire culture either. That's kind of what's behind the whole social justice movement where we can't offend anybody or anything, unless you're a Christian, of course, and, and oh Lord, a white male Christian. I'm just the spawn of the devil himself, so uh, don't worry about that. Uh, but regardless, we can't live everything for the absolute least common denominator, but we have to come to some degree of understanding that there are stronger and there are weaker believers. We cannot do things that violate our conscience, and it's best for us to not do things that are going to violate other consciences in the public arena. So if you want to have a glass of wine and you go to a church that's like anti-alcohol because whatever reason, have your glass of wine by yourself don't necessarily bring that in. You, you don't want to go to the church potluck and bring a, bring a keg of beer, okay? 
Um, it, and that's just kind of the, the, the overall point and the overall premise is to make sure that in our conscience, we're listening to our conscience, but as we're listening to our conscience, we do not give a concession to, uh, to, to sin for other people. In other words, do not become a stumbling block for somebody else. So I'll talk more about this individual book uh, in, in a later, uh, in a later um, uh, video. Uh, but for there, let's go ahead and wrap this up from here. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com. <laughs>